The Football Pod with Paddy and Andy. The only thing you care about is winning the All-Ireland. Everything else is second. We probably did hate Mayo. We were looking at it. These guys are trying to take away our dreams. Download the OTB Sports app and subscribe to the GAA podcast feed now. Football on Off The Ball. With Paddy Power. New normal. Same old football. Paddy Power. Gamble responsibly. Gamblingcare.ie all right, it is the eve of the new Premier League season and each and every Sunday here on Off The Ball we will have live and exclusive commentary of all the big games starting this Sunday at 2 o'clock Stephen Doyle will be covering Newcastle against West Ham United and then at half forward is the match of the weekend the Harry Kane Derby I guess we call it it is Tottenham against Manchester City from half past four myself and Brian Kerr will bring you on that one all the reaction of course as well on the OTB Sports app and all our social channels and with the new season I'm delighted to welcome back for another season with us here on Off The Ball John Giles how you keeping John? I'm okay Nathan yourself? I'm alright I, I, I say welcome back uh, the way the football world works right now there is no break uh, you're only off for a week <laughs> no no no. we didn't get uh, we did, you couldn't go on your holidays anyway Nathan that's for sure no that is for sure that is for yeah. sure um, there's a lot to talk about in as we head into the new season both with Lionel Messi's move to Paris Saint-Germain and all that's going on to the Premier League but since you were last on uh, very sadly two of your former Leeds United teammates passed away uh, Mick Bates and Terry Cooper Um, Mick Bates is someone whose name I haven't heard mentioned a huge amount over the years probably because it was a time where there weren't substitutions and that sort of great Leeds 11 is set in stone in our heads and he was it feels was almost number 12 yeah well he was 12 13 14 uh, Nathan He, he played over 200 matches for Leeds in the mm. time he was there because we had so many matches and he was very ra- versatile you know he he could fit in for Eddie Gray or Peter Lorimer but mostly for um, uh, Billy Bremner and myself and was there was, was there any rotation in those days would there be occasion where Don Revy would just say actually John or Billy I'm just going to take you out today and rest you and I'm going to give Mick a go no it, 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 it didn't happen in those days uh, Nathan I mean the the, 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 the big uh, situation in those days, Shankly was was one of the main people to say it, that the less people I have to change the team for, the better. Right. And there was forty two matches and league matches in those days, but that was his. And I think and I think it was true. Uh, in other words, it, it, of course, uh, injuries. You had to have players to to, uh, to fit in. But generally speaking, I think the 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 idea was the the, the more you played the same team together the better chance you had of winning the league. That's what Shankly said. Uh, but then you got, obviously, the, there weren't as many matches then. The, well, we didn't, there were European Cup matches, but not quite as many international matches as that, as there is today, uh, Nathan. Yeah. But there were still a lot of matches, you know? So you had to have players like uh, Mick Bates. And Mick was a very, very versatile player and a very good player. Really, really good player. I always felt with Mick, I never actually said it to him, but I think he should have moved from Leeds... Uh, uh, much earlier than he did, he should. He was good enough to play in the first division for any club, Nathan. Mm. But he was. He loved the club. He was a ground. He was on the ground staff when I went there. Uh, I was only twenty-two. Mick would have been sixteen, seventeen at that stage. Uh, a real Yorkshire lad and loved the club. He loved his time at the club, and uh, uh, he wouldn't move. He didn't want to move. And and Dom was was very clever too in terms of the, the the financial situation. Mick was on all the benef- all the bonuses that we were on. Right. 
So you know it was always part and of it. Him and Terry Yorick was another one that uh, played a lot, quite a lot of matches. But but when the, when we were regarded as the first team, um, Mick wouldn't have been in 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 that team. But he loved it. You know, he, yeah. he loved when we good atmosphere at the club, the training, and all the various things. And uh, Don looked after him in a financial way. But he was Mick was a very very good player and a very very good lad really good lad well by the sounds of it in the position he was in being a good lad was almost as important because like he did go on and play over 200 games for Leeds so he was obviously as you say very talented but when you're not always in the first team you need the right sort of personalities around who are probably keeping you honest to training and putting pressure on but also aren't bringing a negativity and throwing toys out of the pram when they're not getting their chances oh no no definitely not I mean Mick was Mick was like that but we had a few but Mick and and uh, um, Terry Yorath, uh, you might, Terry was mm. a Welsh international, played quite a lot of matches uh, as well. But if you were picking the first team, especially for midfield players, like first of all, there was Bobby Collins before me, uh, and, and then when these lads got older, there was, there was myself and Billy Bremner, who, who, were, who would have been like the first choice in the, in the first team, Nathan. But we needed a backup as well. I mean, you, you, like, uh, like Billy didn't get injured very often, but he, but he, he obviously would miss some matches the same as I did. Yeah. So Mick Bates coming into it or Terry Yorick coming into it, really, really were good players and would have been in the first team. I think almost anywhere else. Did you ever but feel under pressure? They were good. They were yeah. good lads, and Mick was a lovely, great character lad. You know, was honest as a day is long, and uh, loved, loved being part of the club with the players and that. During your time at Leeds, did you ever feel under real pressure for your position in the team once you had firmly established yourself and maybe taken over from Bobby Collins in the middle? Um, not, not, not. I don't want to be big-headed about yeah, it. Yeah. But not, not really, uh, Nathan. And I, I, I was uh, with Don. I, I, I was never dropped out of the team uh, until very, very late in my career. I had an injury, a long injury, and I came back and I wasn't playing very well, and they left me out. But generally speaking, I wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't left out of the team, and certainly there was no way Billy was going to be left out of the team. Hmm. You know, Don, Don, I think Don liked me, but he loved Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was, there, was, there was never any any chance of complacency setting in. No, no, no. Well, to be honest, uh, Nathan, you, you know, when you're a professional footballer, you should never be complacent anyway. Yeah. Like we, players like are. We, we were a lot of good pros at Leeds in, in terms of, like, I never took my position for granted because mm. every match you played in, you wanted to do your best. And that was, you know, that's what makes a great team. It's a consistency. Uh, and Leeds were a very consistent team over a number of years. It, that was mainly because every game you played, you put the same effort into it. There wasn't a big game. Or, 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 or the, the, actually, the time that you were playing, Nathan, whenever you felt it was easy, you were guaranteed to lose. Yeah. In other words, the, the teams that you played, the mentality that we had, and well, I had, it was certainly my mentality, that the team that you were expected to beat, the only way they could beat you, if you didn't put as much effort in as they did. Right? So when you had played those teams, uh, you, put, you put more effort in than they did. Now, that didn't work all the time because we had some bad results as well over the long periods of time. But generally speaking, we were a very, very, very consistent team. And we, you respect the opposition and you, 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 don't, you don't take anything for granted. Uh, on Terry Cooper, from reading up on him, it seems that maybe early in his career, it looked like he might have a Mick Bates-style career where he was struggling to fully establish himself in the Leeds team, might have started out as a, a bit more of a left winger, wasn't quite happening for him, and then eventually went and managed to make that left-back spot his own. Yeah, 
Well, the first time I saw Terry playing, I was at Manchester United uh, uh, watching the reserve team match, uh, Man U versus uh, Leeds. And this is just after, a short time after Don took over. Right. And they used to play in an old yellow, golden, uh, uh, blue. I never liked their strip. And they, they, now they changed Don to the all whites, and they looked a really good team in the reserves. When Manchester United always had a very good reserve team. And Terry was playing outside left. Uh, as you say, he was a winger early on, Nathan, and and I thought he looked a really, really good player. I didn't know him, uh, but I thought he looked a really good player. Yeah. And then when I went to Leeds, he, he was still the left winger. Um, Willie Bell, that called Willie Bell, was the left back. And uh, Don did that with a lot of players. He, he, he said, right, we'll put him to left back and see how he goes from there. Because generally speaking, lads with talent, the further they go back, the better chance they have because they're facing the ball. And Terry was a perfect example of that. Right. Got into the team, stayed in the team. But another terrific, terrific player, uh, Nathan, in terms of, I mean, he played for England, as we know. Um, and he had the, the, like in those days, you had, you didn't have wing backs, but you had attacking full backs. So when Terry got into an attacking position, he was originally a left winger and he was able to beat players, Nathan. Right. You know, which is unusual. You, know, you get a lot of people with attacking full backs uh, good, but they won't beat players. But Terry could beat players. He was an exceptionally good player. Really, really was. He was established in the England team, uh, and then he got uh, he broke his leg uh, later on, and right. really never recovered from it. He didn't didn't really get back into the Leeds team, and he went to Middlesbrough from there. But yeah. a top class player, yeah, he was and the, a top class lad as well. Yeah, I was going to ask in terms of personality, what what, what type ah, was he? He was, good. he was a real Yorkshireman. We well, obviously we had a few Yorkshire lads playing, yeah. uh, and they're all considered to be a bit dour, right, and and <laughs> uh, and, and dogged. Yeah, now, Mick Bates was a Yorkshire lad as well. He was he was like that. Mick dogged, honest. Uh, Terry was the same. Really, really. Every time he went out to play, that was it. And and that was the atmosphere in, in the club. At least that's what uh, Don Revy created an atmosphere with everybody. Uh, but Terry was a local lad, and Mick Bates was was well. He wasn't even, he was the Yorkshire lad, and Mick Bates was a Doncaster lad. But really made up the panel. Terry got into the first team, got in the England team. He was a star man in the uh, World Cup in 1970 mm. in Mexico, Terry Cooper. Yeah, start, starting left back. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He wasn't making it on the left wing. But we had a few players. We had a lad called Albert Johansson. And then Eddie Gray, Eddie Gray came along. Well, Eddie was a midfield player. Yeah. And couldn't get in the team because of, of Billy and myself. And, and Don put him on the, on the left wing, which, well, he was sensational everywhere. Eddie. Hmm. And Peter Lorimer was the same. Peter originally was a midfield player, uh, Nathan. I finished up on the right wing. Your, your, yourself and uh, yourself and Bremner's brilliance uh, created some wonderful uh, wing uh, wingers for Leeds. The fact they couldn't oust you from your position. Yeah, well, that's that's what Don did. You know, yeah. they were good players. So he said, right, we'll put you. But but uh, Eddie played on the left wing and Peter on the right. Peter scored and it was two hundred and seventy goals for Leeds from the right wing, and he wasn't. And Ed, Eddie was a natural. Uh, another brilliant player, as we know, dribble past people. But Eddie would, Eddie uh, would would have been a, his preference. Definitely would have been to play in midfield. Right. And when you talk about um, Terry Cooper there as you know a real attacking fullback, like there's almost a view now that 
the fullback role has been transformed in what you look at, say, Alexander Arnold has been doing, mm. or Robertson and João Cancelo mm. at Manchester City. Mm. That you know they spend almost all the game in the opposition half, almost pushing right up to mm. the their penalty area, and and not as much thought as putting into the defensive side of it. When you look at Terry Cooper, was he was he ahead of his time? Is that what he was doing, or was it actually defender first and foremost, and the attacking side was just a bonus? No, the 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 the, the defensive the defensive side was the main. Mm. But what they see, what they did in the old days, they, they, now as you know, with Alexander and, and, and a lot of the fullbacks, they're, they're actually ahead of the ball when the ball's on the other side of the field. Mm. Right? They're already there. Now I don't think that's necessary. To be honest, I'm not a wing back uh, man. I'm not. A, 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 I don't like it. I don't think it's necessary because if you have Terry Cooper and we had Paul Reaney as well, they would have attacked. As much as these fullbacks are attacking today, yeah. right, to be honest, right. at the right time, they weren't designated wingbacks, they were fullbacks. But if you're a fullback like Terry Cooper was, and the ball goes to Eddie Gray on the left wing, then he's on the overlap. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't stop him with his defensive duties if it's, if it's in the right way. And would you if you say you take the Liverpool example if Alexander-Arnold goes mm. forward maybe Henderson might step across from midfield and, mm. and cover him if he is caught out of position and provide that defensive cover would you have been required to do that for the fullbacks if they did go forward on the overlap not, that as not, a midfielder really, you'd step in and it, cover for them not, not really if, they, if they're going forward at the right time this is what you know um, um, it's very difficult to explain now. If, when you like Terry, Fook, Terry Cooper would have been on the cover when the ball was on the other side of the field mm. okay now, if the ball then came across the pitch, say to, 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 to Norman Hunter, or then to me, Terry Cooper was free to go at that particular time, but he had come from a defensive position. In other words, like if you see, I think good manager, what good managers do, you make the most of what you have in terms of that. So when Terry Cooper had, had it was a fullback, right, and he was defending, and he had to defend, right, when it came, then, then that's one position he's in. Now, when it came to coming to an, an attacking position, he did that as well. So you make two players out of the one player. Do you know what I mean, Nathan? Yeah. Without them, with, with them still doing their job. In other words, if it goes out to Eddie Gray and Terry can come, come on the overlap, of course he goes, but it's at the right time. I don't believe in the wingbacks. I don't think you, ha- you need designated wingbacks to do what's needed to be done for attacking because they're not defending very well really you know Liverpool have been very good with Robertson but they weren't so good last year when they were when they when they weren't on on, on top very much uh, Nathan in my opinion yeah they they need to have the the other team pegged back I guess so that they're not yeah well you know the main thing when you're full back is to be in a cover position which is behind everybody when the ball's on the opposite side of the field yeah right that's that's basically the, the thing you're at an angle and then you do your defending there, and if and when you do get the ball and it comes out to say Eddie Gray, then they can go on the overlap. Whereas with the wing backs now, um, you know they're in front of the ball when the ball's on the other side of the field, and I don't think that's I don't think that's the way to do it because you're you're you're, you're, you're designating two wing backs, Nathan, right? Where you could the two of them could be two 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 uh, full backs and wing backs at the same time. 
That's the way I think it should be. Right. And Terry Cooper was brilliant at that. And if you're at Terry Cooper in that Leeds team and you have Jack Charlton and Norman Hunter as your two centre-backs, like, have you got an earache at the end of this game from the two lads shouting instructions at you and telling you where to be? Or are you, were, were they happy to let the full-backs at it? Oh, they, no, they were happy to go because they were going at the right time, Nathan. They weren't gambling on it. Eddie Gray has the ball and t- Terry Cooper comes up on, the, on the outside of him. That's two on to one now. Yeah. Right, so then, then if they're doing the job right, give the ball to Terry. Terry's going to do something constructive with it. Mainly, mainly getting the ball across, you know, and across. You have a chance of scoring. Uh, if you're not scoring, then you have a chance to get back in the cover position again, you know. That's, that's the way manage, good managers, in my opinion, use, use the 10 outfield players. Yeah. You know, you, you can do, uh, you, you can, you're, you're doing two jobs without it interfering with the main job. In front of the fullbacks, guys, whether it be Terry Cooper, Paul Rooney, or Paul Mayer, playing that position, defensive was the main 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 object. And if and when they could go, which was quite often, hmm. uh, then you go. Yeah, very sad loss, obviously. Both but Terry Cooper. They were good. They were terrific players. Well, Mick Bates wasn't as well known as Terry, mm. as you said. Like he played, he played. He, he was coming in for everybody, and he, he made over two hundred appearances, which, which is not an awful lot in in the space of. I think he was there twelve years or something. Yeah. But he was prepared to do that. And uh, Terry, unfortunately, um, uh, Mick, Mick got cancer. Actually, they didn't die from the virus. And Terry Cooper was in Spain, uh, living there for the last 10 years or so. Okay. And uh, Terry, Terry got uh, cancer as well, which yeah. is very, very sad. We couldn't go to Terry's too, but we went up. We had a good turnout for Mick, Mick Bates. He's in Doncaster. Great. And there was about seven, eight, nine, ten of the old lads at the, at the, uh, uh, the, the cremation. Uh, and we stayed overnight. A few of us stayed overnight, Nathan, in Doncaster, so that we could get together. Oh, that's great! Because obviously, there's been a, a sadly a, a lot of um, your former Leeds teammates have passed over the last year, and obviously, I haven't been able to go to a lot of them funerals. So, for you to be able to get together uh, after what's happened over the last fifteen months is uh, is a great thing. I was. It was. It was. It was. It was. Mick was a great, a very, very popular lad. As I said, he was a terrific lad. So it was. It was good to get there and, and be able to stay overnight, uh, Nathan, as you say. With with uh, Trevor Cherry and Norman and and Jack, we couldn't go to the funerals mm. at, at that particular time, which was, which was awful. Uh, but at least we 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 got a good few of the lads together for mix uh, mixed mixed funeral. Football on off the ball with Paddy Power. New normal, same old football. Paddy Power. Gamble responsibly. Gamblingcare.ie all right, you're welcome back. John Giles is with us on the football show. Uh, we'll talk about the start of the new Premier League season tomorrow evening in just a moment. But John, the big story in world football is that Lionel Messi has left Barcelona and has signed for Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, this, in the end, ended up coming out of the blue because it looked as though Messi was going to commit his future to Barcelona. But because they're in such financial crisis, the deal couldn't happen and it's all moved quite quickly. And he's going to be a Paris Saint-Germain player for next season what have you made of it all uh, well it was a surprise uh, Nathan um, I heard I heard his, his speech the other day when he mm. was when he, when he was moving in and I got the impression that uh, he was disappointed that Barcelona didn't do more to keep him yeah. I, I don't know the details Nathan I know it was a money situation but I definitely got the impression that he was that something could have been done yeah, it's, it does seem as though they were in such 
massive financial debt because of the deals they've done over the last few years that even if they had tried pretty much everything uh, they had left themselves in such a position that they couldn't afford Messi that even if they sold all the players they want to sell uh, which just shows what a mess it is behind the scenes Mm. at Barcelona and uh, clearly you could see from the tears that he most definitely didn't want to leave but no uh, no. I wonder wonder, Nathan could they have done something to to, to make it a longer contract Mm. or a contract after he finished playing yeah, it, definitely initially there was talk of that, that it was going to be a, a five-year deal and uh, maybe you know can go elsewhere at the end of that. But uh, La Liga obviously decided they were going to put their foot down and weren't going to let them do anything. Yeah. So um, it's the end of, yeah. uh, I yeah, guess, yeah. the greatest footballing relationship we've ever seen between Lionel Messi and, and Barcelona. In, in terms of what Paris Saint-Germain are getting at 34, are they still getting the best player in the world? Um. Probably, Nathan. I mean, there's never been any uh, uh, mention of Messi slowing up Hmm. and not being able to do it or getting tired. I haven't heard anything about that. He just wasn't playing in in as good a team as he had played over the years in Barcelona. So he seems to be a very, very fit guy uh, and obviously has the right attitude. I've never seen him in Barcelona where he wasn't doing his best and I didn't see or hear anything during the year where well, he wasn't doing it, or he, did, he wasn't fit. He's, he's 34, Nathan, and he's, he's, he's looked after himself well, as we know. I mean, he wouldn't be doing what he's doing. So I think in... in, in the, I know he was very, very disappointed in leaving Barcelona, but for, for his footballing career, I think this could be, maybe, the best thing happened to him. Why? Well, he's, at, he's been at Barcelona a long time. They're not the Barcelona that they were. Mm. And I think from a, for a player who's been there for a long time, they're, 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 you're inclined to take it for granted a little bit. Now he's moving to, he has a, a new, new horizons to climb, going to that. So I think it does give you that, that little bit extra to say, well, I'm going to show everybody now. I'm disappointed that I've left Barcelona, but it's new. And I'm going. And, and he, he, he's not playing. He's not playing in ba- with bad players, Nathan. He's gone to a big club with a lot of good players in it, as we know. But I think it, for his football, uh, it, it could be the best thing. I think family-wise, I think he's very disappointed that that he has to leave Barcelona. He's been there for such a long time. But football-wise, it's a new challenge. It's a new game. <clears throat> he has to do it all over again. And uh, I think it could could be good for him. <clears throat> The question uh, in terms of his legacy would be that in going to Paris Saint-Germain, success is almost guaranteed, that he's playing in a team now where they'll have a front three of Kylian Mbappe and Neymar, who are probably two of the other players in the conversation for the best player in the world right now, that anything less than winning the league would be absolute failure, and almost that anything less than winning the Champions League with the talent that they have would be seen as failure, that there's not much to gain from. Well, you can't can't take anything for granted, Nathan, that's, that's for sure. You know, I think if he goes to, to where he's gone now, Paris Saint-Germain, and, and he does do some of the things he did and win some of the things, including the Champions League, at, at uh, Paris Saint-Germain, it's, it, 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 it would be great for him. There's no doubt. But what I'm saying is I think it's a boost to play for the new club after doing what he did at Barcelona. I mean, they had one of the great players years ago, Pirlo, I mean, people that listening remember Pirlo was one of the great midfield players of all time. Yeah, and I think he played with uh, uh, AC Milan for years, Nathan. Yeah. And he was the top player there, and they let him go to Juventus, 
and then he had a fabulous career for a short spell at, at, at Juventus now would he have played as well at Milan as he would have done it, it, in my own small way Nathan I was 12 years at Leeds and Jimmy, Jimmy Camfield didn't want me and I went to West Brom as player manager now that was a new challenge I mean the, the year at Jimmy Anfield I played with Jimmy Anfield we, we didn't do anything we didn't do anything we didn't win anything at all we were no good and, and, and I felt well that's the way it is now when I went to West Brom as player manager I had to do it I had to do it and, uh, and I, didn't, I didn't fancy going Nathan the family were, were happy in Leeds were going to schools and all the various things but, but it turned out, I, I mean, it turned out to, to, to be the two of the happiest years of, of my time playing right. football because it was a new challenge. Yeah. Uh, I had a different attitude, definitely had a different attitude because I was player manager as well at West Brom than I think I would have had under Jimmy Armfield for another right. couple of seasons if, if he'd wanted me. Yeah. Which like, he didn't. But anyway, but all I'm saying, it's a new challenge for him, Nathan, football-wise. And I think if, if they're doing the job the way we think they're going to do it, I think in the long run, after two or three years, he'll, he'll be delighted that, that that has happened. Yeah. Like, when you left Leeds, like, you got to the European Cup final that year. Like, your yeah. last match was in the European Cup final. And I know you didn't win uh, the European Cup final, so you, know, you, you finish up without that trophy. But was there a sense of, I need to prove Leeds wrong when you went to no. West Brom? No, no. I, uh, Jimmy Dranfield didn't want me. Yeah. And did, um, you weren't going to West Brom thinking, I'm going to, you know, I've been one of Leeds' greatest ever players. He doesn't want me. I'm going to show him what he's missing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I played my last cup, my last, my last game for, for Leeds was the Champions League final. Yeah. Right? And I played well in it, in a match that we, 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 I think we were robbed a, a bit in it. So, but, but Jimmy Amphrey was, uh, Jimmy just didn't want me. Right, because we went on holiday and then they said, well, uh, you know, to, to renew my contract. No, and, but he didn't want me. We got back after the holiday and he rang me and he said, I've, I've come to terms with, uh, with West Brom. But he actually said, come to, but I don't want you to go. To Bernard's now, this was typical Jimmy in, in my case. Right. He was a very popular guy and he might but uh, I said, no, I've had enough. I'm going. So of course there was there was an attitude. I'll I'll, I'll prove I'll prove you wrong. Yeah. To do it, uh, and, and 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 what happened? It happened well for me because when we did get promotion to the first division, uh, which was then the four, then I don't know whether it was the first division or not. But anyway, we finished above Leeds that year, West Brom. And there was so a, was a lot of personal satisfaction. Yeah, it, did yeah. me, it did give me a sport. Uh, right. Item. Yeah. And it, it, I know we're, it's, we're a long time removed from it now. Like, was that something you would have been thinking of that season when you were looking at the table of, you know, actually, I can't say it publicly at West Brom, but personally, it's a big thing for me to finish above Leeds. Yeah, well, I didn't have to say it, to be quite honest. Everyone knew. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was the league table. Yeah. You know, it was the league table and, 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 and that was it. And at that time now, the last thing I wanted to do I'd be, I'd been 12 years at least with the kids going to school and that. The last thing I wanted to do was to move to West Brom. To yeah. be quite honest, I didn't know anybody in Birmingham. Didn't know anything. It was it was a new job altogether. But I felt well, it's it's time to do it. I'm fed up. Uh, I don't want to go through another year like that. And uh, yeah, I did. I did have an attitude. Well, I'll 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 show you. Right. Who was in the Leeds midfield when you went back up against them? Um, actually, when we got promotion at West Brom. The first match of the next season was Leeds at Leeds. Wow. 
What was your reaction Billy, when you saw Billy that come injured. up? Billy didn't actually play oh. uh, in the match, but all the other lads, Peter Lorimer, uh, I think Eddie was playing, uh, uh, Norman Hunter, Teddy, uh, Alan Clark. So there was still quite a lot of players played. But actually, I think that day, um, uh, they, they bought uh, Tony, uh, Tony <laughs> uh, from Sheffield United. I can't think of his name right. at the moment. I should be able to think of it. And uh, he, he, he was there to replace me, really. Okay. Uh, that, and he was making his debut that day. And we got a 2-2 draw. Now, actually, we were, we were two up on the day at, uh, at Leeds that particular day. And uh, did, did you leave one on the guy that replaced Tony you? Curry. Tony, Tony Curry. Tony Curry was the lad's name. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Curry. Did, did, and did you leave Curry. one on him? No, no. No, Tony was uh, Tony was very very good. They paid a lot. Of, they paid a lot of money. Yeah. No, no, I didn't. No, 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 no. We got you got stuck in on the day, but I'm only I'm only making the 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 the, the, the comparison between the messy situation that I, when I went to, to Leeds, I probably I probably played better for West Brom. I think in the two years than I pro- than I would would have done right. at Leeds. So because so I wasn't I wasn't getting on very well with Jimmy Anfield anyway. Yeah. I think he he was glad to see me go. And I wasn't sorry to go, although I, I, I loved the time I had at Leeds. Yeah. So you think then that even though it seems from the tears that Messi didn't want to leave Barcelona and despite all he's achieved with the four Champions League and the countless La Liga titles, mm. that actually he'll go there still probably feeling he has a point to prove? Definitely. Definitely. I think when we look back at after two years and when he finishes playing there, Nathan, I think he'll think that that's the best thing I did. At the time when you're doing it, like I was 12 years at Leeds, the kids at school and all that, I didn't want to move from Leeds. I didn't know anybody in Birmingham. For football, for football reasons, I had to. And there's no doubt, after the two years, I, I was delighted that I did it. Right. It was the right move, yeah. 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 You, want to, you, know, you want to do it. It doesn't do any harm to, to get that move. I, I, you know, I go back to... To, to, to Pirlo when he, when he moved I, I don't think he he was at Milan for a long long time I think the last thing he wanted to do was move but when he went he went and did it because mm. you want to show everybody well I'm not finished you know that, that, that's, that's the way you are I think most footballers are like that I'm going to show that they made a mistake there so that is obviously going to be the big move in terms of world football this year. The big move for English football still hasn't happened. Uh, Harry Kane, will he stay at Spurs? Will he go to Manchester City? As luck would have it, uh, it's our live game here on Off the Ball on Sunday on the opening weekend of the Premier League season. The two of them meet at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the new Spurs manager, Nuno, is saying that Harry Kane is back in training today and is available for selection. Uh, do you think Nuno should play him? No. Right. No, I'm surprised Why? at Nuno. I'm thinking Nuno, like uh, up to last week, uh, he hadn't had, a, he hadn't even had a chat with Kane. No. You know, you, well, Nathan, you, when you're a manager of a club, you, you can't have a player like Kane not speak to him, and then play him. You know, it doesn't make sense. I'm surprised at Nuno because maybe he's under instructions from the from the from Levy, the the the, the, the main man there. Uh, is, to, is to say because I heard him made a few comments where you know I, I want him back in the team well well, the fact is I mean everybody want him back in the team but the situation that's happened here Harry Kane has gone out on a limb to say I want to leave and, and, and he's the manager I mean ultimately 
the, the players are playing, Harry Kane or anybody else, is playing for the manager. You know, they're not playing for Levy. Levi. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I can't understand where he's coming from and the statements he's making publicly. That, I mean, the first thing he should have done was get in touch with Harry Kane himself to see what the picture is, you know, see what the story is on, on that. Because he's the manager. Yeah. How can he, how can he not, not talk to Harry Kane not, until the last minute and then expect him to play? And play well for him, you know. It just doesn't make sense. But considering Kane's importance, there's no question he is Tottenham's best player. And it's it's the first game. It's going to be a packed house. The new stadium is going to be full. It's mm. against the champions, the team that he's meant to sign for. That actually, do you not want him out there? Do you not want to show him the love of the Tottenham supporters and show him what he still has if he stays at the club? Well, he knows that. You know what I mean? He's known that, but he's come out publicly and say, I, I want to go. Yeah. So, like, what are the other players in the dressing room going to think? You see, you, when you have a team, Nate, you, have, you know a team spirit and the morale, right? That, that's what we talk about, about a team. Now, that doesn't happen overnight, but it certainly doesn't. Good morale doesn't happen when you have your main player who said publicly and very, very strongly, I want to go. You know, you, 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 like as a manager, how could, I wouldn't have anybody in the dressing room, right, playing for me. That I said, well, I actually, want, I don't want to be here. I want to go. Do you not give yourself a chance to change his mind? Actually, bring him back in. Hope that he gets back in the dressing room. Feels his importance to the team and to the club. And actually, that you know, if Manchester City don't offer the money that Daniel Levy wants, that you try and reintegrate him and say, it's Harry Kane, best striker in the Premier League, we're happy to have him, and everyone just moves on as if none of this happens. Well, well you can say that as a manager, Nathan. But what, what's Harry thinking? He's not going to go along with that. If Harry is saying, and he said very, very publicly, I want to go, and I want to go to Manchester City. He's already said that. We all know that. So you can't just put him in the dressing room with the rest of his teammates. And he's going to suddenly say, well, I've changed my mind, lads. I'm not going. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So what happens then if Tottenham refuse to sell him and he doesn't leave? Like, would you be worried about his performance levels this season if he ends up staying at Tottenham? Well, definitely. Definitely. I mean, your, your heart has to be in it, Nathan. I mean, it's an old saying. Your heart has to be in it. Your heart has to be in Spurs or any team that you're playing in to really have the morale. And he's the main man. He's the captain. He's, he has no relationship with the manager from what we can see. Uh, and, and you expect him then to go out and, and be the, the Harry Kane that he was. Mm. It, 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 it's, it's just not possible like to do your best for a football team, Nathan. You have to believe in it. You have to believe in the manager. Uh, you have to believe that they're going to do well. This is what you want to do. Uh, and Harry has, has, has stated publicly in a big way, I don't want to be at Spurs. Now, what are the rest of the lads in the team going to think Harry's in the dress, dressing room with them he was captain I don't know if he'd be captain again and here's a guy who's our main man and he doesn't want to be here it's an impossible situation from the manager's uh, point of view Nathan mm. I mean it, they either, you either leave him out altogether and see well uh, is, is he in time uh, going to publicly say privately say I, I made a mistake I want to play for this club and I, I'm committing myself to the club like, you can't put him in the team until he actually makes that statement. Right. You just can't. 
I mean, all the other lads are there. I mean, they. I, I think the fellow players now would, uh, would resent Harry's position. Right. He doesn't want to play for us. So we don't want him in the dressing room. We're all together. This is the morale of the team. This is what we have to do. Yeah. It's an impossible situation. I can't see him playing. I, th- I just can't see him playing and, and, and hoping that, uh, you know, there'll be some sort of a deal done because nobody's going to win in this situation. You know, Spurs are not going to win in the situation. Presumably they're paying him at the moment. They haven't suspended him. You know, Harry Kane wants to go to City. City are waiting. It's, 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 I, I'm, I'm amazed. We might have spoken about it last week, Nathan. I'm surprised from Harry's position in the way the players are treated now and have the best legal advice that you can possibly get. That Harry is saying that it was... Uh, uh, was it discussed? What's the word they were, they were using, Nathan? Uh, uh, verbal agreement. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, a gentleman's you know, agreement, basically. A verbal agreement yeah. nowadays with footballers, Nathan. Like if you have the best solicitors, you you get, it, you get it in the contract that Jack Reedish got, right? That if the if the club comes in with a hundred million, which Manchester United did, he's allowed to go. Mm. Now I'm amazed that Harry, Harry, Harry is saying there was a verbal agreement where they have the best of solicitors. That in the agreement when he was signing it, in the five-year agreement, that the, a similar situation uh, in the contract is Grealish. In other words, if somebody comes in with 130, 140 million, I'm allowed to go. Yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting few days. Firstly, as to whether he plays at the weekend and also to see what happens between now and the end of the transfer window. You mentioned Jack Grealish. Since we last spoke, that deal has gone through. He is the most expensive yeah. signing in the history of British football. £100 million. Is he worth yeah. it? Um, well, I think, you know, if, if he does what, what, he, what he's capable of doing for Manchester City for the next five or six years, Nathan, mm. then he's worth it. Like, when you look at the next five, six years, if he continues on the trajectory he's been on, mm. I mean, do you expect him to become one of the best players in the world? Is that, is that the potential think, of him? I, yeah, well, I think he has the ability to do it. Now he, ha- he has to have the mental situation. You know, I, just, I saw him in the paper, now he's been in the paper recently, uh, where he, he's, he's, he's delighted with the publicity. You know, he's delighted to be the first million pound player. Uh, now, my first thought I don't like that Nathan <laughs> why it's a bit too cocky you know most places are well you're worth 100 million quid and of course I you're going to be cocky and, 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 and it comes back to buy I've seen players Nathan where big big contract uh, big uh, uh, fees uh, record fees didn't do very well because the pressure was too much for, right. for them right I, I'd rather see him play it down a little bit I, I didn't. I, I didn't make the, the payment. The club made it. It's between them. I'll do my best. All the various things that I think he should be saying. But you know, maybe it's just that cocky lad that it won't bother him. But I'd, I'd rather see him go the other way. Yeah. In, in like terms I'll, of, I'll do my best. There's a lot of money, uh, uh, but I'll certainly do my best for, for for Manchester City on that. You know, instead of saying, "Well, I'm delighted with it. I'm delighted with the the, the publicity and all the various things that's gone with that." But that, that's only my old-fashioned way Nathan. in terms of where he might fit in to the Manchester City team they look obviously have so much talent uh, if he plays on the left of the three as he did with Aston Villa they have you know Raheem Sterling and Phil Foden if they're all fit potentially in that position uh, if they play him in midfield maybe in place of Bernardo Silva who does talk even like it, it, does he make it as big an impact in a midfield three as he would in a front three 
Well, when he's playing in the front three, Nathan, it, it, what he does is uh, more dangerous because he can go past people. He's one of the few players that can go past people. Uh, but they do have Foden as well. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't sign Kane in time. He might well play in a centre-forward position. Right. I think he's capable of doing it. I think he's a very gifted lad, uh, Nathan. Uh, you would see how Sterling go. I mean, Sterling was, was, had a peculiar season last week, last year. Yeah. I mean, he never kicked a ball from Christmas till the Euros. And then he really played for England then. Mm. So I don't know what's... I don't know if there's, there's talk in the paper that they might sell Sterling or not. But I'll tell you, he'd want to, he'd want to book himself up uh, for City for, from the time that he played from Christmas till the end of the season. He was left out of the team. He was playing terrible. I don't know... I don't know what's what's in his head or what's happening there. Is, uh, is that on him or is that on Guardiola considering how well he played for England during the summer? Uh, well, no. Guardiola would definitely not let uh, leave him out of the team under any circumstances if he was doing what he was doing before Christmas, Nathan. Again, we don't know what happened there. But for some reason or other, from Christmas onwards, he didn't play. Mm. He didn't play well for he, I thought he was very, very poor for City. And I was amazed and surprised that he was in the first team for England in the first match. But anyway, then he played really, really well. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there, uh, Nathan. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if Grealish, if he, if he did play, you know, they talk about a false number nine. Yeah, that, where, where they played De Bruyne at times last season. Yes. I think, he could, I think, I think Grealish could play anywhere, to be right. honest, and give you a game. Definitely. Looking at the title race overall then, Manchester City won the league pretty comfortably last season. They had a run of 14 wins in the middle of the season that sort of killed off everybody else. Are they your strong favourites heading into the new season? Um, I wouldn't be as strong as, 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 as some people on it, Nathan. I think Man U should come into it now. Solskjaer's under pressure now. He's made two big signings. Uh, you know, I think he, 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 he has to come into it now. Mm. Uh, uh Chelsea uh, under Tuchel. Uh, I'm not so. I don't. I think they're very, very good. They got the, they got the centre forward they need. I still think they're a little bit doubtful at the back. Yeah, there uh, were certainly uh, uh, several uh, occasions uh, last night in the Super Cup final where there were uh, mistakes. Maybe it's early season mistakes, but there were a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 Rudiger, for example, Rudiger was at fault for. Well, he let the fella go for the goal mm. last night. So I'm not so keen keen about them at the back. I think midfield forwards, you know, if Lukaku does his stuff, which you'd expect him to do, I, I think that they definitely will challenge for it. Okay. Definitely would challenge for it. But, but um, I mean, City, City would be favourites, but they don't have, you know, unless they get Kane back, or get, get him in, Nathan, I, 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 I just wouldn't be too sure about them. I, I think Liverpool could be a good bet. Okay, I know. No fuss, no fuss about them. They've signed a very good centre half, Nathan. I can't think of his name at the moment. Yeah, Kanate. Yeah, he, he looks a really good player. They've got Van Dijk coming back into the team, you know. And the, the, this, the, the, you know, the, the, the Liverpool team should be the Liverpool team that we had the season before last. That for a lot of people is actually the worry. It seems for Liverpool that the team of us two seasons ago is two years older now and that maybe that team had their time and that they haven't rejuvenated the squad enough even though they brought in Kanate and Thiago in midfield and Jota that they need something else that with all the signings that everyone else has made that Liverpool have stood still a little bit I don't think so Nathan I mean this is not an old team 
You know, if you look at all the players that they had two years ago, you know, starting with the goalkeeper, the two fullbacks are excellent. They've got Van Dijk coming back into the mm. team. They've got the centre-half coming into the team. Um, they got the lad from Wolves last year. You know, Salah's not, Salah's not 30 yet. Uh, you know, I, 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 no, I think they could be the, if you consider Liverpool dark horses, I think they could be a, a, a real threat. I, I think it'll be a different Liverpool team to the team we saw last year, Nathan. Right. Uh, what's the key for Liverpool then? Is it is it getting the energy levels back up? Is it playing with a bit of confidence? Is it having the crowd back at Anfield? What what do they need? Is it just keeping everybody fit? Because last season was a catastrophe for long periods. Well, I think last year, Nathan, they were poor at the back. Mm. You know, the, 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 all the centre halves got injured, and they had Henderson playing at the back. Like they were conceding goals that they never conceded before, really. And I, I think that now with these two players coming back into it, uh, Nathan, they'll, they'll be they'll be they'll be as strong as they ever were the season before last. I mean, you still got Salah and Firmino and all these lads up front. They're, I mean, I don't think any of them are thirty yet, and they'll want to do it, Nathan, themselves. Yeah, you know, they'll want to do it. They, they, that was a bad season for them last season, but I'd be surprised if Liverpool uh, would be certainly would be would. The dark horses at the moment. Uh, what about Manchester United? You, you touched on the investment. Uh, it looks as though they've made two really strong signings that yeah. will improve the first eleven in Jaden Sancho and Raphael Varane. Are the two of them enough to bridge the gap? Are there are there still areas of the pitch where there might be question marks? Well, there's well, there's always question marks, uh, Nathan. But uh, I, I don't really think Solskjaer. Is that good a manager, Nathan? Simple as that. Yeah, I think he's he's not a Klopp, he's not a Guardiola, he's not a Tuco. You know, he just isn't. And uh, like you, you need these guys to drive them along. And I think the, 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 there's a lot expected of him now with the players that he's got in. I think the squad that he's had, he has now, is capable of doing it. Yeah, but uh, he has to do it now. I, I was wondering with. Uh, Solskjaer and you know he's clearly not one of those three managers but is he perfectly suited for Manchester United in a way that like, there does seem to be a no. real calmness about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer that yeah, for all the club have gone through too calm <laughs> you want Klopp to be to be getting at them or Tuchel to give them a telling off and, right. and, to, and demand more from them that's what I think you know you see Tuchel since he went into Chelsea I mean demands everything right. I think Guardiola does it in his own his own his bit quieter but he, he he definitely demands everything yeah and Klopp there's no doubt Klopp I think they're scared of Klopp at Liverpool and that happens with a lot of managers a lot of managers like that you know some of the great managers I mean look at Fergie in his time you know Shankly in his time mm. Jock Steen I know for a fact the players were scared stiff of these guys Busby had it in his own way he was more gentlemanly about it but there was no nonsense with him and you don't see a steeliness in the background maybe that we're not seeing with Solskjaer? I don't see it. Right. I don't see it, Nathan. No, I think he, I think he has now a group of players that are capable of winning the Premiership, capable yeah. of winning it. Um, but I think if Klopp or one or two other managers that Tuchel had the players that he has now, I would, I would fancy them to have a, a, a better chance of winning the Premiership 
Uh, I know you said it a few times last season, a man who you wouldn't mind. Uh, well, you probably would be upset, actually, if he was Manchester United manager as Marcelo Bielsa. We need to get a word on Leeds as well. Like They wowed everybody at times last season. There was a bit of inconsistency there, but there were some sensational performances and the energy that they brought to the Premier League. Can they back it up this season? Well, sometimes it's more difficult, Nathan. You know, sometimes I'd be surprised if it happens with Bielsa. But if you see what happened to Sheffield United, for example, mm. you know, they, they, they finished, well, they were going for a European place and then they got relegated. You have that second season syndrome, as they call it, where lads come up and they're scared stiff, you know, coming into Premiership and then they have a good season. And say, well, it's not as difficult as I thought. And then you have a bad season. Mm. Uh, it's, 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 not, it's, it's not unusual. Um, I, he hasn't bought many. I think he's bought one, one or two players at most. Uh, uh, Bielsa this season, but he's done. I mean, he's done one of the big jobs. I mean, last like coming up, the two teams that came up with him, I think, went down, or they were very nearly gone down. And he finished. I think he finished about seven or eight in the league last year, which was remarkable. Mm. With the with the with the players that he has in relation to what Manchester United have as players. I think if he, if he had the players that Manchester United have and played, got them playing in the way that Leeds played with the players he had, I think he'd be sensational with those players. Yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. You might even get back to Elland Road this season. Yeah, yeah. All being well, Nathan. All going well. It'd be, it'd be, well. It'd be nice to go back and see Eddie and 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 and, 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 and a few of the lads that are left, Nathan. You know, we keep our fingers crossed now yeah. that... Uh, uh, we'll have a, we'll have a better we'll have a better year this year. Here's hoping, John. Year. Uh, look, it's great to have you back for the new season. John Giles with us every Thursday night. We'll talk to you next Thursday, John. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. Speak to you then. The football pod with Paddy and Andy. The only thing you care about is winning the All Ireland. Everything else is second. We probably did hate Mayo. We were looking at it. These guys are trying to take away our dreams. Download the OTB Sports app and subscribe to the GAA podcast feed now.